Hi, this is Tom Smith. Thanks for listening to the 316 Podcast. All things you ask in prayer. things you ask in prayer believing you shall receive welcome to the 316 podcast with thomas wayne smith today's easter sunday message is titled the resurrection the resurrection of jesus christ lays a solid foundation for our belief in him as our savior we can also trust him to resurrect the broken pieces in our own lives now, let's open our hearts to hear the Word of God. The Lord loves you and always provides for His children. Here's Pastor Tom. Our country needs a resurrection. When the virus hit, a lot of people lost their jobs. Of course, it hit some industries worse than others. People still need to eat. They need a place to live. So really what we saw was a huge a sudden shift, restaurants downsizing, while Domino's Pizza suddenly needs thousands of more drivers. Brick-and-mortar retailers were closing, but Walmart and online stores need to hire thousands of workers. Things are changing, and they're changing fast. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He can turn any situation around. I read a story about someone who got fired from their job due to the virus. He had applied to several jobs, and one was to be a park ranger. The park called him for an interview. He went to the interview. They liked him, and so he got the job. What I didn't tell you is that this is his dream job. He loved the outdoors, and now he says his getting fired was the best thing that ever happened to him. He not only got a job, but his dream job where he can be outdoors all the time, and he gets free housing. A lot of rangers live in the parks. When I was in my early 20s, I worked as a park aide for Malibu Canyon State Park and Malibu Lagoon State Beach, and I loved it. Helping people have a good time when they're camping for the night or just hanging out at the beach. And that guy went from a dead-end job to his dream job. And you can too when you trust the Lord. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. The sooner you discover God's plan for your life, the better off you'll be. I believe God wants to resurrect this country. After King Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem, God said, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. That's true for us today. Even in the middle of this pandemic, if we will seek him, this crisis can be resolved. In Second Chronicles 20, the tribe of Judah was surrounded by three armies. King Jehoshaphat had all the people pray for several days. Then the Lord spoke and said they wouldn't need to fight in this battle. 
when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, he caused confusion among the enemies, and they attacked and destroyed each other. In the book of Acts, someone prophesied about a coming famine, so the saints were able to prepare ahead of time. When things start looking bad, if we turn our hearts to the Lord, he will fight our battles. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Jesus said to pray for daily bread. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I eat bread several times a day. And there was a time a few weeks ago when I went to the local store and they didn't have any bread. So I drove about 15 miles away to a store that wasn't near any freeways or the big cities. And they had some bread. Not the kind that I normally like. But we need to trust the Lord that he will provide. Jesus is the answer. So let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Kings 6. 2 Kings 6. This tells the story of the town of Samaria that was under siege. The army of Syria had surrounded it for many days until there was a great famine in the city. People were starving. They would eat things that we would never think of eating today. <laughs> and it tells about that a little bit. And a woman comes to the king and cries out to the king for help. And he says, the king said this, if the Lord doesn't help you, how can I help you? And he went up to the wall of the city and rent his clothes. He tore them. And the people saw that he had sackcloth on under his kingly clothes. Then he said this. This is the king. He said, God do so and more also to me if the head of Elisha, the son of Shephat, shall stand on him this day. In other words, the king was blaming the problems on the prophet of God. Now, let me explain something here about that. The king actually understood some truth. And the, the truth is that the Christian leaders, pastors, they're in charge of their congregations, but they're also in charge of praying for the nation. And they need to teach their congregations to pray for the nation. And as we pray, as the children of God pray, as the people of God pray, God will hear our prayers. He'll deliver us from famines, from economic struggles and problems. This king recognized that, and that's why he was mad at the prophet. Now, of course, now I'm not saying hey, go get mad at your pastor or the Christian leaders. What I'm saying, though, it is our responsibility to pray that God turns situations around when things do happen that are bad. Sin invites the devil in to wreak havoc. But it's up to the Christians to take their stand, to stand their ground, tell the enemy he's got to leave. We're not going to take this anymore in the name of Jesus. So Elisha, the prophet of God, it says here, Elisha sat in his house and the elders sat with him. And the king sent a man from before him and a messenger came to him and he said to the elders, now, Elisha saying this, see how the son of a murderer has sent to take away my head. Look, 
When the messenger comes, shut the door. Hold him fast at the door. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? So Elisha knew that the king now wanted to kill him. Dangerous to be a prophet of God. But yeah, they were blaming him. Verse 33. And while he yet talked with them, behold, the messenger came down on him and he said, Behold, this evils of the Lord. What should I wait for the Lord any longer? In other words, he told the prophet, he's saying, Listen, the king wants your head. This is a terrible thing that's happened in our country. Why should we wait for the Lord any longer? In other words, we're running out of patience. Things are really bad. Chapter 7, 2 Kings 7. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, two measures of barley for a shekel, in the gate of Samaria. In other words, they're going to have a feast tomorrow, 24 hours, one day. Tomorrow, about this time, that's about 24 hours, right? Now, it sure didn't look like it. It looked like things were really bad. People were starving and hungry. Verse 2, Then the Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God. In other words, a Lord. So this guy was underneath the king, but he was still like a big shot, kind of like a mayor versus a governor type thing. He said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, the prophet said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. Whenever the word of the Lord comes, don't you dare speak against it. Remember what Zechariah did. The angel appeared to him and said, You're going to have a son. His name's going to be John. He's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. Zechariah said, well, how can that be? I'm an old man. Zechariah said, from now on, your mouth is going to be shut. <laughs> and his mouth was shut. He was dumb. He was a mute until the birth of his son, John the Baptist. So don't speak against the Lord. This man here, he spoke against, he questioned what the prophet said. And it says here, he would see it but he would not be able to enjoy it. Verse 3. There were four leprous men at the entering of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Remember, today we're talking about the resurrection, the re resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also resurrection for you, for us, and for our nation. Here we just saw the prophet spoke and said there's going to be a resurrection of this nation. A resurrection. So the four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, they said, why should we sit here until we die? These guys were not allowed in the city because they had leprosy. But they're a part of the city. They said this, if we enter in the city, the famine's in the city and we'll die in the city. If we sit here, we'll die also. Now, therefore, come, let us fall into the host of the Syrians. In other words, the enemy. If they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die. In other words, we know we're dead. If we go in the city, there's famine there. If we sit here, we don't eat, we're going to die. Let's just give ourselves over to the Syrians, the, 
the enemy that was surrounding them. Verse 5, they rose up in the twilight. In other words, the middle of the night. To go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Verse 6, for the Lord had made the hosts of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots, a noise of horses, a noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. So what happened here? The Lord magnified the sound of the lepers. How many lepers were there? Four. Four lepers. But the Lord magnified the sound to a great sound. And the whole army of the Syrians heard it. And they fled. They ran away in fear. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. They weren't righteous. They weren't doing the work of the Lord. They were filled with fear and they fled. And all that was coming was four leprous men. But God multiplied the sound just like Jesus multiplied the fish. The little boy gave Jesus his lunch. And the Lord multiplied it and fed 5,000. When you give God something, just even a little bit, he can multiply it to abundance. Here he multiplied the sound of four leprous men to where it sounded like two great armies coming against the Syrians. So they fled. Verse 7, Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight. That's in the middle of the night. There were stars out. The sun wasn't out. They left their tents, their horses, their donkeys, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. In other words, they left their food. They left their, their goblets, gold and silver. They left the horses standing there. When the lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and earned then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it. Then they came and went to another tent and carried away the same thing and they went and hid that. And then they said one to another, we do not well. This is a day, a great day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. In other words, hey, we need to share this. I mean, there's so much here, we can't take all of it anyway. They got their gold, they got their silver, they got clothing, all sorts of wonderful things. They said, this is a day of rejoicing. If we tarry, verse 9, if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us now, therefore come. And we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called the porter of the city. And they told him, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither a voice of a man, but horses tied, donkeys tied, the tents were there. And he called the porters and told it to the king's house within. This was such an amazing miracle. The Syrians had fled and only took the clothes on their back. It was a miracle. It was amazing. But the porter couldn't believe it. The people couldn't believe it. The king, verse 12, the king arose in the night 
and said to his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. Notice the king. I believe he knew the word from the prophet because the prophet spoke to the messenger. So the messenger would have brought that word back to the king and told him, the prophet says tomorrow, this day, time tomorrow, we're going to have so much money, so much food, we're not going to have to worry about anything. But see, the king, he was so filled with fear. Even though he's got a prophet he can listen to, but he was doubtful. It says, I will now show you what the Syrians have done. They know that we're hungry. Therefore, they went, left the camp and went to hide themselves in the field, saying, when they come out of the city, we will catch them alive and go into the city. It's okay to be suspicious. And we should always listen to the rulers and the authorities. What does Romans 13, 1 say? Romans 13, 1, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. What's happened here in the United States, the president has said that we need to be careful. The virus is going around. Gather no more than 10 people in a gathering. We should have social distancing, people standing far apart from each other. And now the recommendation has come down that everyone wear masks. So we need to obey that. If you don't obey the ordinance of those in authority, you can be in trouble. You open yourself up to allow the enemy to come in in some way. The Holy Spirit will speak through the president of a nation, and we need to listen to him. We need to obey those that are authority over us. It's the prophet of God's job to preach faith so you'll trust the Lord. But just because you trust the Lord, that doesn't mean you're not going to wear a mask. You read Psalm 91. It says, no plague shall come nigh my dwelling. So you quote that. You speak it. You read it. You believe it. You thank the Lord for that scripture verse that brings health and healing to your family. But remember this. Someone said this. Well, God is bigger than a virus or Jesus already defeated the devil at the cross. Both of those things are true, but you're not God. You have got to get the word of God inside of you. I spoke the last time or a while ago about John G. Lake, how he would pray for people and they were healed who had the bubonic plague. Later on today, I'm going to tell another story similar to that. It's amazing how the Lord can heal people. Remember, these people, though, these ministers, they're spending three hours a day, five hours a day in prayer and in the word of God, studying healing scriptures. You're not doing that. You've got to wear a mask. Wear your mask. Trust the Lord. Thank the Lord. You have to be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. And especially, I would say, listen to those in authority over your country, the secular rulers. Jesus never broke a Roman commandment. They crucified him out of jealousy. It was actually the religious leaders that had him crucified, and Rome was simply doing their job to appease the religious leaders. If you look throughout the book of Acts, you see the same thing. The Romans, actually, many times, the Roman government officials, the kings, want to let 
Paul off. But to appease the religious leaders, they kept him in jail. So remember that as we go, go along and trust the Lord in faith and things like that. Trust the Lord and he will save you. He brought Peter out of jail a couple times. Angels went and opened the prison doors. And he could do that for people when they're innocent. He will do that. He'll work on your behalf. But back here to the king. So the king is doubtful. Okay, he's not a man of faith like the prophet Elisha. So what he does, verse 13, he says, one of the servants says, well, let me take five horses that remain and let it, let's go out of the city and we'll go and check. Let us see what's going on out there. So they took two horses. <laughs> the servant was asking for five, but instead they took two and the king sent after the host of the Syrians saying, go and see. And they went out after them under the Jordan and all the way along the road was full of garments and vessels that the Syrians had cast away in their haste. The messengers returned and told the king. They said the people left. They're gone. So what happened? The people of Samaria now, the king tells everybody, okay, everybody, go out, you can go grab whatever you want. And then they went to the camp of the Syrians and took all their stuff. They spoiled their stuff. Verse 16, the people went out, spoiled the tents of the Syrians. That means they took the stuff. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Verse 17, don't be a doubter. You're going to hear about the doubters right now. And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. Remember the guy that spoke in doubt of what the prophet said? The king now has put him in charge of the gate. The king said, I want you to stand by the gate and watch it. And the people trod upon him in the gate. In other words, they ran him over like a mob. And he died as the man of God had said, who spake when the king came down to him. It's dangerous to doubt the word of the Lord. Verse 18, and it came to pass as the man of God. You know, let me say this. You might say, well, I've, I've got some doubts. Okay, if you have doubts, just stay in neutral. The car's got neutral. It's got forward. It's got reverse. Stay in neutral. Stay in neutral means when you hear the word of God spoke, keep your heart in neutral. Don't speak out the negative thoughts that are coming to your head. When you speak those negative thoughts out, when you speak that word out, you're giving life to it. So don't speak it out. Just keep your mouth shut and say, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh, right? Just listen. If you have doubts, either agree with it, say yes, amen, or keep your mouth shut and don't be a doubter. The same is true on the other side when Jesus was going to heal Jairus' daughter. On the way there, a messenger came and said, don't bother the master anymore, your daughter is dead. And as soon as that word came, the moment that word came, Jesus told Jairus, fear not, only believe. Immediately, Jesus, in a sense, rebuked the word that came. So don't allow 
those words to come, things that might be against what you're believing God to do. And this man here, it cost him his life, which is really amazing that it's that important. But apparently it is. Verse 18. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel, and a measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And that Lord answered the man of God and said, Now behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such things be. And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell out unto him, for the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. It, it's almost kind of repeating the exact same thing that we had read earlier. That was verse 20. Yeah, trust the Lord. Have faith. Have faith for a resurrection in this country, the United States of America. Isaiah 60 verse 11 says, Your gates shall be opened day and night for commerce, and the wealth of the nations shall come to you. Most of the Bible was written for, directed towards the Israelites or Israel itself, the country. But we can believe that for our country, the United States. And if you live in a different country, you can believe that for your country as the people turn their heart to the Lord. There are many nations now that are prospering nowadays that weren't prospering 50 years ago or 100 years ago. But they've turned towards the Lord and God has been prospering those nations, one I could think of specifically, is South Korea. God has blessed them financially in amazing ways over the past 50 years. At the same time, look at the percentage of people in that country that have become Christians. I believe the revivals there started back in the 50s, maybe the 60s. Can a nation be built in a day? We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. This was a portion of a longer message. So, to hear the sermon in its entirety, you can receive an MP3 copy via email. Simply go to the contact section of our website and request it. Our website is www.tomsmith.us. You can also contact the ministry by writing to Tom Smith Ministries, P.O. Box 300, Agora Hills, California. 91376. If you're mailing a check, make it out to FHLF, which stands for Faith, Hope, and Love Fellowship, our nonprofit organization, and your giving can be tax deductible. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, we love you, and blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And all things.